Fanny and Felix. Fanny and Felix Mendelssohn. Are we are we rolling? We're rolling. Should we do our intro? Yeah. What's the intro again? Um, the intro today is. Welcome to Our Mind. Our Mind on Music. Mendelssohn's. Our Mind on Mendelssohn. It's still on mode. I like it. It's like a remix. And uh, yeah, this is continuing with our previous uh, remix Yeah. Uh, podcast. Is everything a remix? Uh, I still don't know. We still don't know. We still don't know. But we did kind of decide that it's part of the evolution of music. Absolutely. A, a one part of. Yeah. And... Can you tell me something that the Twitter guys... Was it Twitter that you got that comment from the guy where he said, as a classical musician... Oh, yeah. You're um, constantly doing covers. And it just seems... It was so obvious once he said it to me. Yeah. You know, like, it was... Well, it was it was a two-part answer that I thought was awesome, and I wish I could remember the name of the person. It was on... I'm pretty sure it was on Tumblr. I, I think it'll flash on the screen right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's probably flashing as we talk. It's like digital magic. <laughs> Incredible what they can do these okay. days. So, um, yeah, but the 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 thing was, you know, why do so many people like covers and remixes and stuff mm-hmm. like that? And I, as you know, I was literally asking that, like, you were diving deep. I, I was deep diving. You were diving into the deep, diver down. I see. A f- no, I was thinking. Oh, <laughs> um, our guest apparently is uh, absent from. Uh, <laughs> He's late. Of- we set out a chair, so any day now. We invited Fanny, I mean yeah. Felix, <laughs> to come in. <laughs> Anyways, today we're going to talk about... You want to finish the thought yeah, there? Yeah, so the answer, the answer was amazing because, first of all, I was literally asking, like, what is it about our brains that make us like that, which we talked about in um, episode 9, I mm-hmm. believe, or maybe 10. Yeah, 10, I think. And this person was saying, well, you know, first I want to address the sort of complaint that is built into your question because they thought I was saying, like, why... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why do people like covers? And I wasn't saying yeah. that. I was like, literally. They, they built in it? the inflection in your voice. Yeah, but then the answer was was really good. Like, you know, as a classical musician, this person was saying, basically, you could look at it like that's what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're always playing somebody else's songs. Even, you're, you know, you're playing different arrangements of it and different interpretations. You're playing a song by Beethoven mm-hmm. or by Clara Schumann uh, that's been played. Yeah. Uh, so many times, right? And, and other then, classical musicians have also reworked like Bach and, and Beethoven and other things. Well, that was the second part of this answer because they were saying that, especially in church music, there's something called walking music. Oh, yeah. you, Which I wasn't aware of, but they were saying that actually the um, impro- improvising is a huge part of what they do with that. And this is the last place that I would have thought you'd have improvising going on. Classical music in, in a in church. In a church. <laughs> That's exactly what Like, because classical music, well, okay, going way back, there were no markings, right? There were no, you know... No uh, dynamics. No dynamics. Even the No tempo, nothing. Right. So you had to just interpret it however you felt. Yeah. And and even with Bach, like, we talked about him writing for the harpsichord, Mm -hmm. and a good chunk out there is done on piano or strings, Mm -hmm. right? So these guys have said, okay, this is how we're going to interpret this this piece. It's not necessarily what Bach would have wanted, but this is what we're going to do with it. And so even that, because I was wondering that, I was looking up, I mean, I've always known, like, if you say andante or you say, mm. you know, different different tempo markings in terms of an expression. Yeah. Like, there's, there's stuff like 
quickly, but not too much. Yeah. <laughs> Those <laughs> ones like, always blew me away. I'm like, <laughs> teacher, how am I supposed to interpret that? Make up your mind here. Yeah. What are we doing, you know? But Go then, quickly, but hey, slow it down yeah, a bit. Yeah, slow it down. So andante means, means walking pace. Okay. So I talked to my students about that. and It would like, be about 60, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think 60 beats 60, per minute. 60 BPM to, yeah. to 80, right? Yeah. But I was like, what does that mean? And it's not like, El Dante. Al Dante. I think that's a type of pasta. Is it? Actually. Uh, oh. It's a way a pasta's cooked. <laughs> Restauranteur. Excuse me. Restauranteur. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Yes. You heard you heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so yeah, so absolutely. Like like there's also the pers- uh, perspective and the idea of of what does that mean covers because I mean arrangements we talked a little bit about Paganini playing la, um, la Campanella. I think, but to you and me, a cover is they've taken a song that was either popular or not so popular or whatever, mm-hmm. but they've made it their own and made it into a, a, almost like a completely different song. So that's what I was thinking, honestly. Yeah. But again, I mentioned Prince with his commentary on Maroon 5's version of his song Kiss. And I, I don't know what he thought of the um, Art of Noise version with uh, Tom Jones. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah. You don't have to be rich to be my girl. You don't have to be cool to rule my world. Ain't no particular sign I'm more compatible with. I just want your extra time and your kiss. So I don't know what he thought of that version of the song, but it was definitely different than his version. Yeah. But the thing is for us as, as you know, working where we work, like the band, the live band that we perform in, the goal is always to make it our own. Even though it's going to essentially sound the same, it's going to be recognizable. Which is a fine line for you guys to have to, um, to walk because when I'm listening to, we talked about like um, Hotel California. Don't mess with the solo, man. You can't mess with that when it da 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 da. When it does that thing, you people are air guitaring to the fills and the on the drums and yeah. and the the thing on the guitar. And if you're not doing that, if you just go to like a blues interpretation of the solo, yeah. people would be really put off. So you have to think of what things can we mess with. Yeah. How do you we know? keep the bums in the seats? Well, yeah, but also how do you keep it interesting? It's all about balance, right? Right. Well, and, and, you know, do you do that da-da-da-da ending? Because it's as soon as you play that da-da-da-da, the crowd goes nuts. Mm, it's and amazing. And it's, it's almost, to me, it's almost like a, it's one of those, it's like a, it's like a, a Pavlov trigger. Oh, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh, yeah. That's, you know, like the, <laughs> that's the moment. That yeah. ending is amazing. Yeah. But endings are important in sure. songs, right? But, I mean, listen to any classical music, basically. And, you know, dun, dun. Well, when you he know. does, when when those guys do that, I'm like, is he ending this now? And you, a lot of times they're not. Mm, they're doing these a false ending, to, yeah, to pull you back in. Okay, so let's go to uh, Fanny and Felix. So the way I've broken this down is I've tried to look at it like it's it's so much. Yeah, like, even Jeez. just 
Okay, so, there's yeah, several pages of I got a little carried away, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Harry Belafonte in one of his songs. He's doing this scat thing. And then he actually I, says, I got carried away. Yeah, he's in, he's in a live show, right? That's and he's hilarious. like, he's doing like a real scat, but then yeah. he just keeps on going just for comic effect. Yeah. And then he goes, I got carried away. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I love that guy. Okay, so I tried to break it down because even their works in a later section of this, their Felix Mendelssohn, 750 plus pieces of music, right? Yeah. Fanny, 460 plus, and we're still discovering more and more stuff that we think is Felix's that's actually hers. Mm-hmm. Um, but my point being, there's so much work that there are going to be people watching and listening thinking, I can't believe you didn't put in that one. Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't. I, and to them, I say, do your own podcast. <laughs> well, that's just a little bit. Was uh, that confrontational? Confrontational is what that was. Aggressive? It was very wet and well put, though, so nicely. No, I'm just... <laughs> I'll be resigning from the podcast tomorrow. <laughs> if we give them a chance. <laughs> so, <laughs> we've decided that it would be good for you to resign. <laughs> <laughs> it would be best. <laughs> no, um, really, it's what you said before. We're not do- actually doing, like, super deep dives. It's no. just giving people an idea for things that they can look into. Well, and the, I think the, the other thing is, like, how do you do it in a way that it isn't just repeating what everybody else is that's my done. biggest thing and I, I have an idea for that which I think some people are going to go hmm that's interesting and some people are going to be like this guy's a goofball and what's he thinking <laughs> it's too late for that we're I into know. episode well, 11 here <laughs> ship I mean geez, <laughs> that train has left the station people <laughs> Fanny Mendelssohn Bartoldi Hensel why okay, so many names what's with the names okay, with hang the on a second mm-hmm. Bartoldi so their father so we're going to talk about um, family tree in a moment, but their father, Abraham, they're, they're a Jewish family, right? Like mm-hmm. um, Ancestors. So they are a Jewish family, but at this time in Germany when they were alive, there was apparently pretty strong anti-Semitism. Well, you think? Later, uh, I guess the anti-Semitism goes back a lot longer. Than a lot. Yeah, so my, my reason for mentioning that is because um, Abraham... Mendelssohn decided that he didn't want his family to face that. Right. So he converted the family to Lutheran faith. Mm-hmm. So Martin Luther, right? Yeah. But um, it's la- it's interesting later when we talk about one of Felix's works in terms of uh, Martin Luther, because he actually quotes Martin Luther in one of his pieces of music. Oh. But the Bartholdi was, the intention was to change the name from Mendelssohn to Bartholdi. Right. And so they would be recognized as being Lutheran, not as being Jewish. And I haven't, again, done a deep dive on the whole research of this, Mm. but what I understood from this was that that was his plan. Felix, um, at some point in his life, said, no, I'm not changing my name. So sometimes you'll see the Bartholdi added on, but Felix said, no, I'm Mendelssohn. So Abraham changed the name Mendelssohn to the Christian name Bartholdi. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so the intention being that it would be Felix Bartholdi instead of Mendelssohn. But she kept it. They both kept it. No, but you, here it's Fanny Mendelssohn, Bartholdi Hensel, and Felix Mendelssohn, he went back to... So, we're talking about hundreds of years ago, right? I think over time, the name Mendelssohn has been the one that we use, the one right. that we know, right? Yeah. So I put in that because at some point in their life, I imagine they were actually using the names Fanny, Fanny Bartholdi, uh, okay. Felix Bartholdi. Yeah, I see the mother here was Leah Mendelssohn Bartholdi. 
Right, which I've just included that in for that so, reason. But my question is, is did, did Fanny hold mm-hmm. on to that name throughout her life? Like, did she address her? Was she addressed as no, because Mendelssohn Bartholdi handled? No, because the the manuscripts, the manuscripts that have been found, and etc. They all they say Mendelssohn. They say Mendelssohn. <laughs> and the Hensel is because she married uh, Hensel and Gretel. <laughs> no, Gretel. Hensel. <laughs> Hensel and Gretel. Hensel and Gretel. <laughs> A long lost <laughs> interpretation of Hansel and Gretel. Okay. <laughs> Very few people know that that was the original <laughs> spelling. And so she married, and she took the name of her husband, Vil- Wilhelm Hensel. Do you know if she had the same issue as Clara did, where she, after she got married, she was, like, expected to fill a certain role and then give up the... No. See, that's the interesting thing. So Abraham, their father, and theoretically or allegedly... Well, Abraham, Abraham said, make it a hobby. Right, right. As soon as she was, like, you know, in her teen years, it was like, okay, you're not a kitty kid anymore. Yeah. You know, stop, stop this silliness, right? Her yeah. husband, who was a painter, an artist, who has actually, I'm going to put some images up as I'm saying this. Mm-hmm. People are now not looking at us. So <laughs> if they're looking at some drawings and paintings. Why are those that, images floating around? I don't know. That's so weird. Okay. I wish I can do like. <laughs> <laughs> or the Iron Man thing. Yeah. <laughs> So Wilhelm Hansel was very supportive of his wife continuing to write. I think there are some stories about like when he would go out to do work or whatever, he'd be like, "All right, I'm going out, and I want to I want to hear a new piece when I get home." You know, guy was ahead of his time. Yes, and I think you know some some people have suggested that maybe because he was an artist as well, he knew that feeling of you know having it bottled up inside of you. You gotta you gotta get it out, and they would have had these conversations, I guess. Which is nice to think too. So Abraham, their father, always recognized. I'll just interview you for this thing here, okay? Because you've done all the research. <laughs> what does it say here, Leon? <laughs> Abraham, their father, he was tolerant. Of, oh, of yes, talent. this one stuck out to me though. What's that? Music will perhaps become his Felix's profession, while for you it can and must only be an ornament. An ornament, a hobby, right? Um, Leah was actually the one, the mother, really recognized um, the talent, especially in Fanny. She was a huge... She was also very talented. She was a a piano student, a student of one of Bach's students. That was cool. That I thought was... You know, like, because we always talk about the lineage, right, And, and how far this goes back, you know? I was like, okay, so, you know, the whole thing about... Um, I, I, we've talked about how Mozart and Beethoven were fans of Bach and that was part of him yep. becoming famous again after he died basically unknown, right? Yeah. And his music was kind of lost for yeah. a long time. So Fanny and Felix's mom, Leah, was a student who studied Bach and she was a huge supporter of the music of Bach. This guy's a genius. Why don't we know him? You know, so yeah. she taught... Leah was the one, their first teacher. Last week you said, by the time she was how old? She could do the uh, 24 preludes? 13. The 13 20, years old. The uh, the well-tempered old. clavier from memory. Yes. Right? And Felix could do it as well. Unreal. I, I, like, uh, yeah, I mean, so Abraham is like tolerant of the fact that as a kid, okay, she can have her hobbies. Yeah. It's, it's, you know. But he was a it was a patriarch. It was the it was the thing of the day. It was the thing of the day, which you know, and uh, you know, like uh, even Clara Schumann, um, you know, I was reading after our last podcast, uh, 
mm-hmm. something about um, where she even commented herself that yes. what could she creatively add to the to the yeah. thing that hadn't already been done by the male of the right of, yes. the, of the genre. And then she said something about um, even women betray ourselves right. with our music and stuff. So and even even even. I mean, even the sort of a, I guess the victimized is the word you'd use, right? The victimized actually even come back on themselves about it. Well, I I think, you know, um, Sarah Fritz and the, the, my my favorite new name is the Hensel Pushers, (laughs) the name Hensel. Hensel, I think it's a very clever name. That is (laughs) a very cool name, though. I love that. So Sarah Fritz, uh, who has written extensively about Clara Schumann, who has studied her for a few years now. I don't even know how long, actually. I just know... The past two years have been like extensive study. Yeah, and then the Hensel Pushers, who are Fanny Mendelssohn Hensel. <laughs> it's a great name. <laughs> I'm telling you. So, but they wrote this great article where they talked about that, and they said, you know, just remember that this is. You can't sort of condemn them for saying like for giving up their no no their no gender I don't or something. Uh, yeah I'm not I, I'm not condemning I'm just saying like that was the age where sure. even the women were saying yeah. you know what could a woman possibly because be I guess, well, one of the questions is, is that just them? Not trying? all women, of course, but I mean. Sure, because there's Louise Ferranc as well, who was yeah. around at the time. And she was like, heck no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but no, no, but. Dropping the uh, H word, eh? Jeez. Heck, yeah. H-E. Oh, it's not double hockey sticks. Never mind. <laughs> so, yeah. So part of it is like, is it just them going, Ugh, this is like, do I live happy or do I live trying to like be me kind of thing, you know? So sometimes you'd sort of try it on to see, do I agree with them? You yeah, know? yeah. But then they still wrote... Having said all of that... Yes. Uh, 460 plus. Yeah. Yeah. So no small amount. No. I mean, okay, so just by way of comparison, because you and I talked about this. You saw what I wrote, I right? saw that, yeah. So we talked about this Elton and Billy. Point. Yeah, Because we were talking about that. We were like, I wonder how much they've written. Elton's El- way more productive, actually. Right. Elton John is a great example because he's in his 70s now. I think he's 75. Something like that, yeah. He's in his mid-70s, and he's written 464 uh, songs. Yeah. Right? Mostly with... Bernie. Bernie, Bernie Taupin. Yeah. And so... They're I, not all great songs. No. By but, any stretch, but... I mean, I don't I don't think anybody... But he, would, te- he would say that himself. Sure. 464 pieces of music and he's 75 right yeah. which that is amazing sure. and and there is a lot of really good stuff in there oh yeah right she died at what 41 42 right fanny did right 460 plus yeah. right and they're amazing and she didn't have Pick a team one. well and she didn't have a team of people right right and some of her work is quite extensive like it's not all sort of three minute uh, lead song or whatever you know it's no they're big, not they're not pop know. hits yeah so right. it's not pop hits she doesn't have a team of people she doesn't have the technology and she's written and she wasn't I don't think writing for an audience she was just which is the craziest thing it's it's a little bit like um, um, our friend Rick <laughs> Rick Beato talks about Rick Beato a Rick role you know it's I feel bad because it's been a couple of episodes since we've mentioned Rick that's true we have and it, it, it's so funny you know He's probably thinking, what have I done? What, what have I done to offend them? Why am I what not have I? The- what have I? Um, <laughs> Rick has, oftentimes we'll finish an episode and then I'll, you know, because the YouTube kind of feeds your your interests and whatnot. The rabbit hole. And Rick comes up and he's oftentimes talking about exactly the subjects that we 
I told you, I, I'm pretty sure. There's just has... some kind of worm in the brain or something. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so the, he talks about Beethoven writing music that he never actually heard right. in terms of through his ears, only yes. in his head. How different is this where Fanny is playing stuff that she's like, why do I keep doing this? <laughs> Right, you know, like nobody's listening, nobody's taking me seriously, but I can't, st- I can't stop, I can't help it. Well, isn't it kind of like the person who decides to paint, and then that's just what they do? Well, maybe. Isn't I it mean, kind of like that, sort of. But then she did end up getting a performance. Or, she did end up publishing true. some stuff. Right. I'm going back to my conspiracy theory before the end of this episode. Not yet. I gotta build it up. I gotta build the most. Got these teasers, you. Oh, you. Huh? With huh? the teasers again. Just doing silly stuff. So I didn't even say. So for those of us, we're we're rambling on about Fanny. Fanny Mendelssohn was born November fourteenth. So this month, which is. Oh, and by the way, uh, Mr. Greenberg, am mm-hmm. I right this time? Yes, Robert. I'm sorry, Robert Greenberg. Doctor Bob. I said Greenwald or something. I can't remember what I, I said. I know. Anyways, he did a fabulous, amazing podcast on... Um, on these guys? On these guys, yeah. yeah. He's, he's done... I mean, his post They're all good. Yeah, listen to Robert Greenberg. It's RG Music. Uh, and he also does something like... I saw it on Google or something like Dr. Bob Talks Music or something like that. But I've uh, got one of these uh, Audible um, memberships. Okay. And included in the Audible membership is lectures from, from Mr. Greenberg at somewhere a doctor a doctor Dr. Greenberg and uh, for example he goes through all nine Beethoven symphonies he goes through the entire Bach catalog he talks about the life of Mozart etc yeah I mean his his depth of knowledge really like we 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 make a little joke out of it with Rick Beato right but what it is about him is not only does he deliver it really well but he is he knows his his depth of knowledge right and Robert about everything not yeah. just, not just. I mean, Robert Greenberg <clears throat> also he did a thing on Bohemian Rhapsody as we talked about last right. time, and so he doesn't. And jazz, he's done. A, Can you imagine a conversation between those two guys? Oh, okay. Suggestion, huh? Robert um, Greenberg and Rick Robert Beato. interview Rick or Rick interview Robert or you know vice versa. Yeah, you know Adam Neely did a um, did an episode with Rick Beato, which was really good because oh, those wow. guys are also. Yeah. And then Mary Spender. So it's like this. <sighs> yeah. Like, I, I love her transparent, transparency about it. Like, f- basically, fail forward is her, her, like, way of looking at things, you know? Yeah. That growth mindset. I love it. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, Born November 14th. November 14th, 1805. Mm-hmm. She died in May 14th, 1847. So, I don't think she had turned 42 yet. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Felix, um, she died of a stroke. Okay, she had a massive stroke while rehearsing um, for a. Their mother used to organize these concerts at their house, mm. where which was intended to just be for like a small group of people, and they would show their music, and kind of have like an an art um, group together. Like mm. a, uh, they were preparing for one of those, and Fanny had a had a stroke, passed away as a result of the complications. Felix, who was born four years, uh, yeah. three three years and three months later in 1809, at February 3rd. So, anyway, he was born in February 3rd, 1809. So a few years later, he died less than six months after his sister. Crazy. How did he die? Don't know. Stroke. 
Uh, How did their mother and father? Stroke. Stroke. How did their grandfather die? Yeah. Stroke. Like crazy. What is going on? Yeah. Um, it's same in my family. I hope I'm okay on that front. But you know, my mom had uh, strokes and many strokes, and her parents, and on, really? on and on it goes. Yeah. I hadn't heard of that. I mean, it, it is kind of familial, but I don't know if they found the. I don't know. Well, so their grandfather Moses was apparently a philosopher, a theologian, who was well known during the. It's called the Jewish Enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Um, their grandmother was the granddaughter of a, um, one of the business, the I guess accountants for the um, the Habsburg emperors. The Habsburg dynasty, yeah, yeah. dynasty, right? Yeah. So, like, the philosophy side and the business side were, like, coming together, right? Yeah. And then, so, but then what's funny about that is then it sort of flips because Abraham, their father, was a banker, mm-hmm. a businessman. And then Leah was the pianist mm-hmm. who studied with one of uh, Bach's students, students right? Yeah. Apparently, I, I haven't found any music by her so i don't know if she composed anything right if somebody knows they can let us know but she taught her kids when when fanny was born she looked at her hands and says oh she has buck fugue hands you know yeah and so the intention was she was going to teach her right um and so she became their teacher that's how the the mendelssohn brother and sister you're no i i just I printed without doing double-sided the first time, and oh, the trees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the humanity. Okay, so um, what I like is um, you've got uh, a very, you know, p- pointed question about, is it possible Fanny and Felix purposely pub- published her work under his name in order to get it out? Okay, now, I'm going to say this with a little caveat, I believe is the word. Again, with the language, gosh. <laughs> I'm just a potty mouth. <laughs> every every episode, every, every like, episode. It's a family program for Jiminy's sake. <laughs> so, Put it out there. So, Go ahead. Okay, so stake it. Okay, let me tell you how this idea was born. Mm. So Angela Mace Christian. Um, so she apparently, for some reason, there were some um, musicologists who were wondering if some of Felix's work was actually written by Fanny. Mm-hmm. That did have, there's a famous story of Felix being asked to go talk to and entertain Queen Victoria. And the Queen said, and that the, was lovely. She said, the You're reason, such an amazing composer. <laughs> and he said, thanks, which one do you like? <laughs> and she said, Italian. And he said, oh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> did he fess up? He did. So, it wasn't his. It Spoiler wasn't his. alert. Fanny wrote it. And I... So he was performing her stuff. Yeah. Uh, like all the time or... Do you want my do you want my theory on this? Sure. I think it was like with that magic movie. There was a movie about magicians where there were two twins, right? And they would do these amazing tricks where the guy would be on the stage and he'd like jump into, I don't know, a box or something. And then he'd appear at the back of the stage, yeah. right? Yeah. At the back of the audience, rather. And nobody ever considered that they were twins because they had lived their entire life always or never being seen in the same place. Right. Right. One of them committed a crime in the movie and 
the other one got caught because they're identical twins. He went to jail for his brother because he didn't want to tell the secret. Right. Right? What if this whole time they were just fudging the lines? (sighs) Dare I say. (laughs) Smoking mirrors. What if the whole time they were like fudging the lines? Like there's this article that I read about uh, songs without words, which is like one of the biggest achievements of of Felix Mendelssohn's life mm-hmm. was that he created this whole genre of music yeah. that became like, it's from the lead music, which is shorter pieces of music. And there's a whole explanation of that. Yeah. Long story short, afterwards they say, well, Fanny played and wrote songs like that her entire life. Right. She was five years older or whatever than her, than her brother. What if she was the one who made it up? What if the the whole time they were just blurring those lines? Yeah. Playing each other's music, sometimes like the F Mendelssohn as opposed to Felix or Fanny. Right. What if they were just playing with that? Hmm. Why would they do that? Well, if they both know that her music is, in their time at least, not going to ever be accepted, not going to be taken seriously, so... Let, let get it out there anyway. Get it out there anyway. Let them hear it. Who was the author that wrote in a male voice and was female? Oh, um, wasn't, it, wasn't, it, wasn't it one of the uh, the sisters that wrote? Um, the Brontes? I mean, yes. No. I mean, I realize... I, Maybe it was some, one of those situations. Some Mendelssohn scholars listening to this going, what is he thinking? Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. But I'm just thinking, listen to this. They knew that people would probably not respect her music given the time that they were in right Mm -hmm. but the world doesn't stop when that ends right or when they pass away the world keeps going yeah what if they were i mean they were both geniuses right yeah what if they were thinking beyond their timeline what gets out there gets out there well i mean i even if you're thinking in the present tense and you just go this is going to be more widely accepted and everybody thinks it's the, the guys yeah and I mean, probably more to the point is they just would assume that it's the guy. They, they because would how could a woman write something so brilliant? You know, I listened back to when we were talking about Clara Schumann and I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to approach this conversation like, is it because of sexism and gender inequality that that they weren't accepted? In them? And you said, we'll probably find out it was, right? Yeah. I listened to that and I was like, uh, duh. Like, I'm trying to be an optimist, right? Yeah. I'm trying to see, like... No, I mean, if you go back in those times, you don't even have to go back 50 years... That's it. ...to, to, to know that being optimistic about people's... Yeah, about the, humanity the, the that sentence way. Was, the sentence, the question, as I posed it, was well, silly. Yeah. And then, um, <clears throat> the thing with Felix, the two of them grew up like twins. Yeah. There was a difference in, in age, but they grew up side by side, like, completely... Well, and, and with hey, mom's, you know, to, tutelage to boot. So, I mean, it was a it was a family affair. Absolutely. And then later on, even as they got older, they, they joined a society um, where they were taught by... Um, Wait a minute. Did the mother outlive the kids? Oh, that's a good question. No, we know. Oh, I like also the, uh, the thing about the son writing this book, the memoir. Yeah, Sebastian. Yeah. So that's a good one. The Mendelssohn family. Maybe there's more in there. Yeah. That answers a lot of these that, questions. That's what I keep on thinking. I think, honestly, like we're doing this, just introducing these ideas, but... We want you guys to educate us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, like, Sebastian um, Hensel writes this book, which was just a memoir that he was intended 
intending for just the family, mm-hmm. you know, very much like his grandmother would have those concerts for just people in like their living room kind of thing. Yeah. It was just meant to be like, this is our little society, our little group, you know, and so he was writing these memoirs, huge, like two volumes of it, by the way. It's not like he was just jotting down, mom said hi, and then I went to the, you know, no, it was like, yeah. Extensive. But then his friends, I guess, heard of it, read of it, knew it was a famous family, they said. And they they talked him into publishing it. And I really want to read this now because I think I've, you know, um, it was uh, Thomas Edison who said, the only thing more dangerous than no knowledge is just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're must be very dangerous. (laughs) So I really need to look into this. But I'm thinking, like, Felix Mendelssohn, the two of them grew up like like twins, right? Mm great admiration for each other there are many references to the fact that he looked at her as as like a mentor yeah. he called her the boss oh really yeah he called her the boss yeah. so he um looked the, the early springsteen there you go yeah, yeah. born in hamburg <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah so and so why all of a sudden did he then say, oh, maybe, um, what's the quote here? Like, uh, I won't find it right away, but it was something like, she shouldn't publish her work because she's too feminine to be able to take this world of, of published works and, you know, for business and stuff like that. But then he turns around and everything he writes, he runs by her. You know, wow. every rehearsal, she's there. He would often, if he couldn't make a rehearsal for something... He let her have ask her to run it. Is I that right? And so I'm thinking, wait a minute, this is weird. Because then he turns around later and he says that she shouldn't publish, and that's that's mm. not a good idea. But then we find out that um, when he played for Queen Victoria, he did. He he said like it was. I, I'm I'm obviously not uh, quoting, but it was like it was embarrassment. You know, it was this awkward. Caused, caused some embarrassment. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. But then he he said something to the effect that he had to admit it, right? So in good conscience, he had to say. What no. if the queen said, "Oh nonsense, no nonsense, <laughs> oh pish posh"? <laughs> <laughs> Don't give me this jibber jabber. <laughs> but yeah. it sounds to me like it's possible the two of them were playing, playing with everybody's head. They knew they knew what what the the arena was, and they were playing within that. You know, there's another. What about another possibility? Wait, did I tell you why I mentioned Angela Mace Christian? Oh, no. I don't think you got through no, the whole thing. I just mentioned her name. Yeah. Because it's part of this, too. Yeah. 1970 in uh, France, Eric Heidsike decided to record F. Mendelssohn's music. And Casio P. Um, Records was like, yeah, we're recording this. So they recorded it. They put it out. Angela Mace Christian hears about this. There were some musicologists who were suggesting that maybe some of um, Felix's music might have been written by by Fanny. Mm. She goes and investigates, and she finds the manuscript, or she sees the manuscript, and somehow is able to verify that it was Fanny Mendelssohn that wrote that piece of music, Mm. the Easter Sonata, right? Okay. Even within Songs Without Words, opus number eight, there are, I think, another two or three pieces that are believed to or some of them confirmed to have been written by Fanny. Mm. So we're finding over time more and more music that was supposed to have been Felix Mendelssohn's music that was actually Fanny Mendelssohn's. Right. 
some of which, like the songs without words, is like one of his great achievements of his career. But some of that music was fannies. But this is what I'm going to say: Were they, you know, throughout their careers, maybe starting and finishing, or collaborating the whole way through? Again, I th- you know I, just so that you say okay, on the one side, there's sort of misogyny involved where women can't do this, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. quote unquote. Min- minus the sort of. Yeah. <laughs> a bit, there was a bit. Yeah, but, a there bit, was a bit. Yeah, a little bit. A bit of mi- a little misogyny. A little bit. A little bit of misogyny. And uh, just, a t- just a smidge. <laughs> and uh, so the thing being is that she, both of them look at this and go, and maybe even the mother says, you know, look, Fanny, let's just be realistic about this. Yeah. This is the times we're in. You do what you do, mm-hmm. and you kids work together on this. Yeah. Maybe I'm just you know I'm hypothesizing. I I honestly think let's start a rumor. Oh, I think we've started a rumor. <laughs> oh, we've started. We're spilling tea right here. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't know. that that would make total total sense to me where they would sit down if they were as close as they seem to be. You got a thing in here about them being sibling. You know, as they were growing up, they became members of the same music society. Yeah. And they were super close. Yeah. They were geniuses. Yeah. Right? They even died at the same time, practically. I mean, how often do you hear about that? Like, it happens that couples who have been together, married, let's say, for 60 years or whatever, the one dies, the, the spouse dies right away, you the right? the Ben Fold song? No, I don't. Uh, the Luckiest. Next door, there's an old man who lived to his night. She stayed for a couple of days and passed away. I'm sorry, I know that's a strange way to tell you that I know we belong. He's doing, you know what he's doing now? He's the... uh, He's doing live composition. Have you seen that? Yes. I've seen that. He's advising or doing something with with one of the symphonies. Uh, And I've seen the the video, but it's so many months ago that I've forgotten which one it was. Okay. What he'll do, I mean, the video, if you've seen it, but I'll just describe it. He's saying, okay, now, cellos. No, first, sir, sorry, back up. First of all, he asks somebody in the audience mm-hmm. for a program. Right. And then he takes the program and he starts with that mm-hmm. and, and gets an idea for for this composition. So it's like right from scratch. Yeah. He doesn't and, he doesn't come in going, I'm gonna write about trees no, today. No, he's it's it's basically an audience submission. Yeah. And then he goes through each section of the orchestra and says, You guys do this, you guys play this, and then they play the thing and it's a complete you know yeah, it's amazing. work. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I mean the the Jacob Collier stuff where he like conducts he just did one a few days ago in Singapore 
It's beautiful. Yeah. Like this audience choir that he does, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think he's just, he's mastering it. He's getting better and better at it, yeah. you know? But what you're talking about is composing on the spot a complex piece of music on the spot. <laughs> just blew me away. I know. I When I saw it, I was like, ah. Um, so siblings growing up, they're very, very close. The Sing Academy, which I'm probably saying wrong, led by Carl Friedrich Zelter. Zelter is good friends with Goethe, okay, the philosopher, oh. the writer. Mm-hmm. And so he writes a letter to Goethe saying, this, this child, referring to Fanny, is really something special, mm. right? Now, that's not to say Felix wasn't. Like, I... I don't want the conversation to become, oh, Fanny was so amazing, therefore Felix is just that other guy. Right, right, right. I really think the two of them were geniuses working hand in hand. And I think what you said... It's a plausible... I mean, who knows? But it's a plausible thing rather than the actual sort of like he got credit so that she couldn't. Maybe they worked together and said... Maybe they played that a little bit. Yeah. I was going to make a suggestion here. Maybe we should go to some of the works Mm -hmm. and come back to... The rest of this story. Okay, a really I, amazing point that somebody made. Um, <clears throat> I don't remember who said this. I'll have to look it up to to flash their name up. But they said, "What if, like Fanny Mendelssohn's family was wealthy, mm. and they were well known? You know, from their grandfather down, they were fairly well known. I won't say famous at that they point. They were a big deal. They were, you know, were they, they would say that they were known thing. to say that. <laughs> I don't know if you know." But we're kind of a big deal. Hey, Fanny, you know, you and me, we're a big deal. We're kind of a big deal. There's something going on here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so somebody suggested, what if Fanny had been from a poor family? Wouldn't she then have been expected to be like an opportunity? She could have been the breadwinner. Oh, right. She could have been the meal ticket. Yeah, but could she? That's what, I, that's what I'm kind of saying. In that era, right? you know, pretty much to a T, even if there's a female composer that we've looked at. Well, look at Clara Schumann, right? Like her dad didn't want her to compose, but when she was like That's true. child prodigy. He's and still sort of. He was definitely, you know, yeah. put, putting her out there for the concerts and stuff like that. True. He was upset when they wanted to marry. Because she was the meal ticket. Yeah, because yeah. then maybe she'd point. perform less. I, I just thought it was an interesting point that I hadn't thought Okay, of. well, misogyny except when it suits you. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's this whole thing about, you know, we we have these norms that we're going to adhere to eh, when it's convenient. Yes. <laughs> you yes, know? Yes. And I just thought... I have was... my principles. And I need yeah. to eat. <laughs> Meh. <laughs> Good enough. All right. So let's look at, um, you know, so you, you did Fanny first, and rightly so, because we're kind of... That's, like you say, it's not the fact that we're trying to say that Felix was not in his own right. A big deal. Well, it's the idea that, I mean, everybody's heard Felix's music. And without knowing it, I'm suggesting, has heard Fanny's as well. Correct. But there's been tons written about him. There's been, you know, that's not new. The the thing is to get to people. Das Jar. Wow. Das Jar. And. See, it's a J. Okay. You're right. I don't know. You're always doing this to me. It's Hayden. <laughs> was it, wasn't it, um, Leipzig? Lipzig. <laughs> it's Lipzig. <laughs> I don't care what you say. It's Lipzig. Oh year. boy, the year. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so this amazing piece of music that uh, Fanny wrote that <clears throat> is 12 pieces of music representing each of the months of the year. Vivaldi ring a bell? Uh, yeah. Well, speaking about remix, right? Sort of. Oh, yeah. I mean, this... I mean that's not an actual remix or a cover, sure, sure. but the, 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 the concept, the, of the concept it. behind it. Not to mention, I mean, a lot of people have done this because it's the difference <clears throat> between absolute music and programmatic music. So mm-hmm. absolute music is when you write music just for the music. Yeah. It, it doesn't have, it doesn't express a backstory or it doesn't tell you something about a situation. It's just music for like, let's say studies mm-hmm. when, when we study (laughs) we have studies that are teaching us how to do trills or how to do these minor scales or something they write the piece around having to do that a lot right absolute programmatic then is stuff that like this you are so learned papa homer (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna you know like i was gonna write a, a, a nine a nine a song about the nine planets and then they, then they kicked Pluto out, and I was just like, "That's it." There goes that idea. That's it. You yeah. Know. Well, and I couldn't get past Uranus. And it, and it just <laughs> should I put in a bum bum there? bum Okay, Das Yar is about the the twelve cycles. Are you yeah. gonna play it or not? Right, like right now. Yeah. I really struggled to figure out which one of the 12 I should play because I can't play all 12. It's, you know, it, w- it would make... Play the first one and the last one. You know what I did? One and 12. Here's what I did. What did you do? I played November. Because we're in November. Because it's November. And Is this going out before November's out? Well, not anymore. <laughs> because Fanny was born in November and oh, there this you go. is November. Good idea. There you go. Here we go.
Thank Now you. we've got a lokang. Lok, how do I say that? I don't know. I, I think it's lokang. Lokang. But it might Super be tonic choir. The sample that I'm going to play is from them singing. I just wanted to give credit where credit is due. I like this one, Fanny Mendelssohn's only known orchestral work. That's Amazing. interesting. That's very interesting. And so uh, there was a, you know, I mean, Felix had a ton. Sure, but the and there was a. Question. Or sorry, F. Mendelssohn had a ton. Hmm. Wait a minute. That's interesting that you should say that. So I, I actually uh, screenshotted this thing because I had found out about the Angela Mace Christian the Easter Sonata thing, right? So I posted about that just because I thought that was super interesting, mm -hmm. and then. Um, I, but the caption that I put was that this is not the only time that happened. And I talked about the Italian mm -hmm. um, with uh, Queen Victoria. Right. The response was from someone named Peter who said, well, um, the, the mothers, the Mendelssohn's mother organized private concerts at home most Sundays. Uh, Berlin's best musicians were performing. Wow. Yeah. 
I know, just crazy. Like it's every Sunday, most Sundays, most Sundays. It's, it's like Elvis Costello invites Elton John over for a jam, you know. So Felix, we're <laughs> gonna go really the Mendelssohns, and the, <laughs> that's that's the same as well. Like, I mean, but but still, I mean, that's I mean, some big wigs, right? That's what I'm, yeah, it's big, it's big guns, right? Felix took advantage and honed his skill writing a series of twelve string symphonies for these. Why didn't Fanny do the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. And interesting because I think the two of us seem to be agreeing on this that maybe she did and we just don't know that. Mm. But um, Talia or Talia, um, who is a conductor, said, hold on, remember that by that point, um, Fanny was being strongly discouraged from composing, um, from composing, you know, yet she composed uh, several cantatas for soloists, choir and orchestra. So the overture in C, orchestral work, the Lokang, or I hope that's mm-hmm. how you say Lokang. it. Lokang. Lokang. I have no idea. But that piece, is it's a beautiful piece of music for choral. So I picked those ones because I wanted to show the, the piano cycles, the choral stuff, and the orchestral, right. just to show the breadth of her ability. Good stuff. Um, so you've got a couple others here. String quartet in E flat minor major. Yeah, you're not going to play everything here. I, I no. Assume. So these other ones that we're going to mention right now are just ones that I think. Oh, Dasiar is there again. But you're going to put the links up, are you? Or yes. Yeah. So I've put I've put these uh, for those of you listening or watching. I've put these links in here, um, and because you'll be watching it on YouTube or listening to it, um, I'm not putting all the information. I'm just putting the links. So yeah. Um, amazing music in mm-hmm. there you know and i think that was one of the things is like everything that i've listened to people like us discovering fanny mendelssohn's music right now are going like really yeah the reason we don't know this incredible music is because she was female yep like it's just in, yep, i in think today's we can mindset easily you know, conclude that at this point yeah right? I, I i again i'm retracting my question from before because <laughs> it's like yes it's very clearly said and I'm like, God, that's so frustrating. It's like hundreds of years. and But thank know. goodness for our Sarah Fritz and, and the, uh, the, the Hansel. Hansel, the Hansel. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Angela, Angela Mace Christian and so many others who have, have, like, really been working hard to get these names out there for people to realize. I've got an idea. Yeah. We're a bit, a bit pressed for time. Mm-hmm. Why don't we consider making a second a second leg of this episode. Okay. okay. All right. So, I think this is a really good introduction to both Felix, uh, Fanny, and Felix. There's so much more we could say. I think we put a pin in it right here. A little pen. Just you know, to, just put put just a pin put in a there. A pin in there, and we'll come back to it. <laughs> <laughs> There's some amazing stuff that we have found out here about Felix, his connection to uh, Shakespeare. Right. With Fanny. That's actually very, uh, was it connects some dots yeah. to, to some previous yeah. podcasts. The fact, I mean, I had the, I have this image in my head of Felix and Fanny growing up, acting out these Shakespeare plays together. Well, and also their connection to the Schuberts and, well, and Brahms and all that stuff. So, so again, uh, Sarah Fritz and the Hensel Pushers worked together on an article that they wrote about Clara, Clara Schumann and her connection to Fanny. They actually met, mm-hmm. um, 
and Clara Schumann has some commentary when oh I, I, can we can we mention that one it's it's right here go ahead uh, so it says uh, the impact Fanny Hensel had on the romantic era of classical music its repertoire and by extension the music we have and love today is impossible to calculate Hensel was a major factor in Clara and Roberts considering a move to Berlin but Hensel died two months after she and Clara met and Clara felt it severely. Clara Schumann said, I quote, I was very much upset by this news, for I had a great respect for this remarkable woman and should, be, and should very much have enjoyed getting to know her better. And it probably was a fantastic discovery for both of them to meet, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, a like remarkable, yeah, remarkable female composer, yeah, remarkable yeah. Wom- woman such as themselves. So, yeah, let's continue that okay. on the next episode. So, the next episode, we will talk in a little more depth about that connection. Check out the, check out the research this guy does. Jeez I mean, Lord, every week he's, he down. brings it, brings it. <laughs> and Felix, thank right. you, buddy. Thank you, sir. Uh, good episode. I'm looking forward to the next, the next half of it. Take it away, Lincoln. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my goodness! I forgot to edit that part out. It's just been me the whole time. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Good night.